Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done. To a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Thank you for joining me for the official number one episode of Noble Father Podcast. I am going to start out by giving a heartfelt confession that I am going to do these all in one take. And in the first trailer episode, I actually did do some editing to take out some ums and uhs. And, you know, this is just a, you know, developing product. I am improving as I go along. And so you are going to hear a lot of these uhs and ums. I'm going to do my best not to say them or uh, bring them up. And so, um, on that note, I did want to say that, you know, maybe there's going to be times where my kids are going to be around. Uh, they are not at home at the moment. They are out at a bike park. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of a dad thing, right? Um, we all know that. And so I just want you to have that heads up. You're going to hear them fighting. You're going to hear them playing, sometimes laughing like crazy. My kids are rather silly. And um, that's really it for that I did want to say something about the frequency of my releases I'm looking to do it weekly um, and I'm going to do it all in one take man I'm really saying a lot of these uhs and ums Um, anyways uh, so I also wanted to say one last thing before I kind of dive into today's topic um, is the like if you have any questions and any suggestions of talking points um, you know you're welcome to, to submit them so I don't care if you're a dad. I don't care if you're a man or or a, or a wife or a, you know a mother. There's plenty of talking points as it relates to father. Everybody has had a father. Everybody has had a an influence from a father, and so I always welcome that. So today's topic is of this of being a present. Uh, sorry, being present as a father. I don't know if I should edit that out. Anyways, I'm just gonna keep going here. So you know. In talking about this topic, you know, I first want to give myself, uh, give my brief history about myself. Um, and I, and as far back as I can go is really just my grandfather on my dad's side. I don't really know much of his upbringing, but I'm sure it attributes to the person that my dad is. And so the only knowledge that I have of my grandfather is his working life. And he was in he's born in china for sure that i know um and the the work that he was doing is he was a essentially a district or supreme court judge in in uh, guangzhou in china so he had a very high government position and um, his wife my grandmother was the first female police chief of forensics in guangzhou china now, to give you a sense of how um, high she was or how prestigious her position was, she was one of 12 people that actually was in the room that embalmed the chairman himself. And I mean Chairman Mao. So if there's any anti-communists out there, uh, yeah, 
she was very high in that position. Um, and so it's interesting because that actually afforded my dad the opportunity, um, you know, to come to Canada. Now, when my dad was around six years old, his parents were arrested and were put into jails. And um, my dad, literally at the age of six, had to fend for himself. And so it's not an easy thing. If you think about it, I mean, my kid's six years old right now. And to think that he would survive a year all by himself is just unfathomable to me. My dad was never hugged by his parents, uh, was never shown that, you know, parental affection. And so I actually consider myself quite lucky to have the father that I had. Anyways, the position that my, my grandparents had enabled my father to get a student visa ahead of the public. And so when they found out about this, uh, I guess you could say a visa, a visa lottery, um, they got him in line right away with the right applications, and he got to jump ahead and get a visa to go to Canada. Uh, this is where he eventually immigrated and actually met my mother in in Canada. And so my dad, in seeking, um, you know, some kind of Chinese community, some kind of community for friendships and 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 connection, uh, was was invited out to a church Bible study in which he, that was where he met my mother for the first time. An interesting thing about that is there was a group photo that they were going to take that day, and my mother was actually sitting at the foot of my dad's, my dad, you know, at my dad's feet, and and she heard very vividly in her mind that this is your husband's feet. Uh, and so that kind of set the course for things, and so they got married, and they ended up going to Bible college where they had me, they were both studying to become pastors. And so after they finished school and with me in tow, and, and then my brother also came along eventually, we, uh, when I was three, we moved to Venezuela. And so my dad was a missionary, and my mother took the kids with us, and we all went together. And so we spent seven years there, and, you know, my dad was always busy and, you know, doing prayer meetings, visitations, and Bible studies, and, you know, going jumping from church to church and stuff, and I was still really young, but even then, it was like, you know, my dad was just not present, and, you know, he never meant ill for that, you know, he did give me hugs, and he did show me parental affections, like I said earlier, like, I am quite lucky to have the father that I had, and that he didn't perpetuate the, 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 you know, parental skills that his family gave him, um, and I, you know, I do have fond memories with my dad. I do have those memories with him, though I wish there was more of it. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and, and that could be also that you could never get enough of it. And so the more you can give, the better it is. And, you know, the lessons in fatherhood that my father gave me growing up through his example are things that I try to carry into my life as a father and into now helping other fathers to be present. And so growing up, I really wanted to, you know, I had this really crazy desire to want to be a police officer. You know, I used to run home and, and watch Batman after, uh, after school. And, you know, those were the two, that was a prevailing dream for me. You know, I really wanted to pursue policing. Um, I was a big fan of the cops too, you know, the show cops. And that was, you know, that influenced a lot of, you know, who I was growing up. Every time I heard a siren as a baby, I would always turn around. That's what my parents said. And, 
But there was always this other dream that I had, and that was to be a father. Now, when I was watching shows like Cops, I knew that that job required a lot from the man uh, and, and even the women. But I didn't, that wasn't the father that I wanted to be. And when I had to decide between fatherhood and policing, I chose fatherhood. I wanted to be a more present father. There wasn't a a choice of doing both at the same time. I, it, either my marriage was going to suffer or I was going to take a bullet or something. And then suddenly my kids are left fatherless for the rest of their lives. And I couldn't do that. And so my pursuit and dream of being a father actually overtook my desire to want to be a police. And I think God had his hand in that too. He really used that desire to be a policeman to form the character that I am today uh, because that actually did change. And that changed when I was about 21 years old um, from wanting to be a police to not being sure where I or where God wanted me to be. Um, that's another story for another time. Right now, I am, you know, an entrepreneur, right? And I, I came from a ministry background. God took me to China, and um, that was where I met my wife, Echo, and came back to to Canada. And, you know, I was, as doing ministry, you, you kind of understand that, you know, you're, on, you're in the whim and will of people's donations and support and fundraising. And that wasn't just, that wasn't kind of the lifestyle that I, envisioned for myself, I guess you could say. And so um, even though we came back to Canada, there was a time where I was working still with a nonprofit. And but at the time, my parents were like, hey, you know, don't rely on this as a forever income. You know, there's a you're, you're going to have to figure something out, right? Have a, a different plan. And so that's really when I got started on my journey of being an entrepreneur. Um, I literally prayed about it. And as soon as I finished praying, I got onto Google and I looked up, I believe at the time it was Ideas 2016. That's literally what I looked up, Ideas 2016. And and I was like, you know, on the second or third one, I found, you know, this guy was talking about running an internet business. And I was like, man, the internet's not going away. I understand tech and people always come to me for weird things with regarding their computer, their VCR, DVD, mission players. Like you tell me like everything. And I was always the one that they would go to. And that was when I started my journey of working for myself and understand and, the, and actually the type of father that I wanted to be the present father that I wanted to be entrepreneurship and working for myself was really the best vessel for me to do that. Um, and so now I'm, you know, about a year and two months into this coaching journey and I've come alive in doing what I'm doing and, and I see the lifestyle that I'm able to live and the, the time, you know, how am I able to make my own time and spend time with my kids whenever I need it. Like this, this idea of being spontaneous, um, like today, my wife had to step out and I had the care of my daughter with me. And though I could sit on the computer and work a little bit harder or whatever, I literally just stepped away, put the computer into sleep and just took her outside. We pulled some weeds out. I took her to the playground and we just enjoyed time with one another. And that's what being a, a, a noble father is. What being a present father is about um, is, is really understanding the importance of our time and the importance of being present. And so today I kind of wanted to, you know, 
end off the the episode by giving you guys some tips and and, and you're really just talking through some of these points um, is on, on how to be you know tips on being present um, with your with yourself and actually with your wife and with your kids because it's not merely what we you know how we are present around our kids is that when we're around our kids they see our presence they we live the example for our children and so if we can't be present with our wives they're going to understand that we don't have to there's there's a you know that that the spouse is not important and so we have to be present in everything not just with our kids whenever we're around them it's a real holistic approach to being present rather than just being selectively present with your kids when you're around them playing lego or whatever it is that you do with your kids so the first tip that I have for being present has everything to do with our cell phones. Now, this is a big point for me because I'm also not a perfect father when it comes to this stuff. I, you know, the cell phone is like my cybernetic extension of me. The littlest thing will make me pick up my phone. It vibrates. It's like suddenly, oh, I got to check who that was or what was that notification from? And, and and it gets in the way. And if I think about it, it probably takes up, man, it's, it's a really, it's probably a really scary number. Um, but you know, that's the thing about being present is that we need to constantly be aware of where we're at. Why am I taking out my phone when I'm with my son and then stopping ourselves? And so device management is, you know, my number one tip is we really need to manage our device. And so what are some tips that I have, you know, for, you know, that I've tried implementing for my own device management is to implement something that I call a stopgap measure. And so what this means is, and I'll use a good example of myself, is that whenever I feel the need to research something, I typically go and ask Google. I am really good at it. And I'm sure there's going to be people that have listened, that are listening to this, that know me, even when I'm in like my Bible studies with couples and stuff is that I'll instantly go on Google and research it. I'm really quick with that. A stopgap measure is really where when you have the desire in your head to pick up your phone is to, let's just say, put in a five-minute gap before we actually do do the research. And so this is kind of what you can say, like a delayed gratification of sorts, is instead of the quick response or the reflex response to pick up your phone to do something is that you give yourself five minutes or even a minute you know starting out with a minute and then working your way up to five minutes and then eventually working your way up to 10 minutes sometimes those things are not aren't even critical and especially in this time when you're with your kids having that stopgap measure is going to help you be more present with them now also delayed gratification right this is this is also, you know, included in the stopgap measures, but also delaying the gratification. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, the hockey game is on. I got to pull out my phone. But there I'm sitting with my kids. And I was like, that just doesn't really make much sense. And so being present there um, helps us to moderate that. Now, another thing that you could do is actually include your children and, and your, your spouse to um, help you stay accountable. And this is, this is something that I've actually implemented is like told my son that, you know, if you see daddy on the phone, call it out, say something about it. And, you know, the, and, and you can also attach some kind of positive result to it. Maybe every time you get caught, daddy has to go out and buy a lollipop for the kids or 
something something that gets them involved and you know holds you accountable you know you don't want to buy too many lollipops for your kids too right and so having something like that can really motivate you to not just not use your phone um and so tip number two that i have for you is really um about mindfulness and so not being present we like to sometimes live especially men and fathers as we love living in the past or in the future and that is you know as an entrepreneur obviously for myself is like it it gets in the way it gets in the way of my relationships i'm you know i, I used to be really bad i used to be thinking oh man what you know i got this coming call i gotta take i you know i, I gotta get more clients and my business isn't profitable and and this that or the other all the while i'm sitting there i'm there but i'm like glossed over and i don't and i'm not there so you know, practicing mindfulness. And, and so how can we practice mindfulness? One of the best things about uh, mindfulness is that it's it's really a muscle. Just like our physical body, the mind is its muscle. And so if we don't exercise those muscles in the mind and we don't get present to those thoughts, it'll get out of control and you'll have, let's just call it mental obesity. You will literally be slow in thought. You will not be there. And you will not be nimble with it. And so one of the best ways for mindfulness, and you probably hear this everywhere you go, is meditation. And, you know, what do I think of when I think of meditation? Obviously, you know that I'm a Christian. And so, you know, there are certain forms of meditation that I don't partake in. But one of the best ones that I've found is really just centering centering on breath. Is just to go back to your breath. And so I like to tell people that, you know, your mind is like a support ticket window. And so let's just say you're a tech company, your mind is a tech company, and you are a sub support ticket window. People are submitting tickets of things that are going on, troubleshooting things that they have issues with, you know, Q&A stuff. And so these tickets are essentially piling up, piling up, and you just at some point are not able to deal with everything. And so there comes a, there's a, there's a technique in, in meditation called noting technique. And so what this is, is really while you're centering on your breathing, breathing in deeply, breathing out deeply, is that whenever your mind starts to wander and go somewhere else, that you catch yourself. And when you catch yourself is to center back on your breath, breathe in and breathe out. And so this practice of noting over time will make it so that you are very, very quick to catch yourself when you are not present to your breathing. And I mean, breathing is very, a very human reflex it's an autom autonomic system it, you can't you can't change it when you're sleeping you can't control actively how you breathe you are constantly breathing and so I, another tip that i have for mindfulness and this is this is like i guess you could even say this is like a, a two birds one stone kind of thing is that if you really want to focus on centering your breath one of the best ways i've found to do that is to go and do cold dips which like ice cold plunges or people like to call them polar bear plunges is that when you're in the cold water, you have no choice but to breathe. If you don't know how to breathe, you will die. That is the simple premise of doing cold dips is that you focus on your breath. Everything, everything that is distracting will go away and you'll have no choice but to feel everything that you're feeling in that moment, which is why I love doing it. Um, and it's really helped me to be very center now, centered now. It's like I, I am very present in my mind now doing these cold dips over time. I've, I've 
developed my mindfulness muscle to this point of constant quantum presence, I guess you can say. Um, and, and so that's one of the best techniques that I can give you is really the mindfulness part. Number three is time blocking. Now, time blocking is obviously going to be more important if you're an entrepreneur. If you're somebody who's working, uh, you know, a nine to five job, that's going to be a little bit more tricky and probably not possible to do. I mean, you can have time blocking maybe when you get home, you know, have 15 minutes where you're sitting in the car, making sure that you are centered and you are not carrying your work into the family with you. And then having a time where it's like after dinner, I sit down with my kids for an hour and we play Legos and we do whatever, play Minecraft on the PS4 or, you know, read a book together, that sort of thing. It's essentially making sure that we have intentional, purposeful time together. Now, it could be that you don't have that time or your kid's asleep by the time you get home. And so really the time that you have on the weekends or on your days off is really where you're going to have that time for your kids. Now, one thing about time blocking is that if you are an entrepreneur like myself, is that you can have spontaneous activity. Like I said this earlier, excuse me, on this call is that I, my wife was out and I needed to take care of my daughter and so I could step away and have spontaneous activity with her and just being very present to that, right? I can work, I can sit down on my computer and work longer hours and do more things while my daughter colors in the background. Sure, that would help the business, but that doesn't help my relationship with my daughter. And so being present with her was the priority there and I would make that decision a hundred times out of a hundred that there's, there's no question. Um, for me, as a business owner, the world may tell you that hustle, 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 and that the more you work, the higher your profit margins are, or the harder you work, uh, the more money you'll make. But all those things is not worth it in the long run because my relationship with, with my daughter is more valuable than the money that my business brings in. And so that is never going to be a trade for me that I would make uh, you know, against her. And so my last point, my last tip for being present is really about you being your best self. Now, we, it's very common in our society for people to live in stress. And the basic understanding of stress is this avoidance and lack of ownership. You are experiencing stress because you are not owning up to something or you are purposely avoiding something. Now, whenever I think about being your best self well what will you're like what are you avoiding what do you mean what am i avoiding well when you're not yourself when you don't know who you are and what your purpose is on this planet you are going to be in stress especially when work isn't life-giving it's not fulfilling so we're like fighting like we're kicking and screaming to inch out a living that is not a way to live and so the stress that we are feeling in that work is from this place of avoiding that discovery. We're scared of the risks that it would take to work for ourselves. And this builds up over time. Stress builds up over time and it'll lead to eventual illness and obviously death because stress has been known to turn off the immune system. You know, some stress is fine, but over time, if it's accumulated and we don't do anything about it, we are going to, it's just like that support ticket actually, is that we get all these support tickets and we can't do anything with it. We're overwhelmed with it to a point where one day 
maybe the room is filled with tickets and you can't even breathe or move and you know you get eventual death and that you know that that is part of being present too is that if the work that you're doing is not fulfilling to you and is not life-giving to you why are you not changing that if we are trading away our life energy and time time which we can be spending with our families and our loved ones for money that just doesn't sound like a good exchange. Now, yes, you might say, oh, well, I need to eat. I completely understand that you need to eat. You need to find the, the, the money to buy the clothes on your back and whatnot. I understand that. But you also should be making gains towards your dreams. And so if you're not doing that, then you have nothing to complain about. Those, that lifestyle is eventually going to make it so you're not going to be able to be present with your family. Now, to go a step further with that is that you value your kids' dreams. You want them to chase their own dreams, and yet you're not willing to chase your own dreams. As a father, you have to be willing to pursue your own dreams in order to show them the value of their dreams. If you're going to tell them that they are should pursue it while well, you're not doing it yourself well that is literally the plank in your eye when you're trying to help somebody uh, somebody get a speck out of theirs we have to live that example as fathers and so if you can be present find out learn more about who you are called to be what strengths do you have and align yourself to that you are going to be more alive doing what you're doing you're going to take less time to de-stress and you're also going to get to show your kids the importance of their dreams in life now these are the biggest lessons that you can give to a kid because if you're just going to speak and say that their dreams are important but you're not going to live it out you're doing a great disservice to your children and so those are really my four tips for being present the last one is a real long one and it's a real big one and it's gonna rub people the wrong way but that's really how life is meant to be lived we're all created unique with spe specific giftings and so if you're in this nine to five you know that is not life-giving for you and it's not utilizing what you were given explicitly to its maximal effect then you're going to be wasting time. And that's no way for us to show our children how life is done. We must lead by example, and we must take the noble approach. So there's really, that's kind of all I have for this episode. I hope this finds you all well. Um, and I don't mean to say that you, every father is meant for working for yourself or for the entrepreneurial journey. What I do know is that each person has it in them to do that. And each person's discovery is going to be different. What worked for me may not work for you. And so I completely understand that. And so I hope that you don't see that, oh, he's just trying to push this ideal of being an entrepreneur. No, is that if it makes sense for you and you had these ideas within you, you owe it to yourself and to your children to pursue it and to, to at least go on that journey, ask the questions and find the answers. If you discover that it's not for you, fine. But if you're able to have that journey and you know that this is within you, live with no regret, take the risk, 
face the fear and make something of yourself because you're gonna want your kids to do that too and you can't do that if you don't if you can't say it if you're not gonna do it don't just use your words use your actions that's what a noble father does and that's what you should do so thank you for this time this is all i have for today's episode it was a little bit all in one take you know so there's going to be a lot of sections that i wish i would have taken out and hadn't said but i am just going to run with it and i know you guys will understand so hopefully this episode blesses you if you got any questions feel free to reach out to me you can also add me on facebook and um you know with my name there's really nobody else out there with my name so um yeah i'm looking forward to hearing your responses to this episode and i'm glad that you guys have been here through this whole time all right thank you guys bye for now Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community. Um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father podcast. Until next time, bye for now.